Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm your host. I'm a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert, and I'm super grateful to have you back with me this week. I mean it. I'm so grateful to have you guys continuously follow and support me. So thank you. We have a highly anticipated podcast this week, but before we go on, I must stress that the content in these podcasts is for informational purposes only. Please do not take them as medical advice and consult your health practitioner before you implement any practices that you are unsure of. Okay, great. So this week... This podcast has been requested by a couple of people. Um, Alas, I was on vacation last week, so there's a little time delay, but here we are. This week, I want to talk about, or I've been asked to talk about vertigo. Okay, so we're going to dive straight in. This podcast is going to be quite um, information dense, so be sure to listen and listen and listen and share with anyone that you feel may benefit from the information herein. Okay, so vertigo is a symptom caused generally by an underlying condition either in your ear or your brain. Vertigo is a kind of dizziness that occurs even if you're not doing anything or if you're just making small movements and the duration and intensity can differ depending on the condition and depending on the person and also any symptoms that accompany the condition. So really it is movement when no movement exists. There are two big categories of vertigo. There's a third one that I'll mention later in the podcast, but the two main ones are central and peripheral. Central vertigo is typically the one that we get most concerned about because it is caused by abnormalities in the brain, whereas peripheral causes tend to be much less critical and they're located usually in the ear, um, caused by a problem with the way your balance works in the ear. Um, So this would include the likes of BPPV, if you've heard of that, it's benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, where uh, certain head movements trigger your vertigo. So let's start with central vertigo, because it is the more serious one. Central vertigo may indicate a brain problem. So central vertigo is a type of vertigo caused by a problem in a part of your brain, such as the brain stem or the cerebellum. Um, there are some conditions that may cause vertigo um, and some other symptoms that it is wise to be aware of. So, um, 
One of the first conditions would be MS or multiple sclerosis. In multiple sclerosis, your immune system attacks your nervous system, causing inflammation in the myelin. So that's the protective coating around your nerve cells. Um, and as a result, problems in muscle coordination or how your neurons communicate with each other. Um, this can cause a loss um, of movement or your body to not respond exactly how you want it to respond. So depending on the severity of the inflammation, the vertigo MS causes may last for hours or days and it also may be accompanied by visual disturbances, tinnitus um, and even difficulty standing or walking and this is where that neuro connection is not working properly. The next would be acoustic neuroma. So acoustic neuroma occurs when a tumor grows deep in the main nerve of your inner ear, which puts pressure on the adjacent blood vessels and nerves. Along with vertigo, acoustic neuroma may cause loss of balance and induce gradual hearing loss. But in some cases, um, this may not happen at all and then in other cases it may be really sudden. Tinnitus and facial numbness also can occur with acoustic neuroma so it's something to be aware of. Of course don't self-diagnose but we'll get more into that later. Then a brain tumor may cause varying symptoms including vertigo um, and it's brain tumor is one of those words I hate to say but um, as always we like to be informed and well up so that we can take action. Uh, so depending on where it grows there are other symptoms that may appear as well like persistent nausea, drowsiness, seizures, um, memory problems, personality changes or mood swings and progressive weakness or paralysis on one side of the body. So it's just, those would be the three main diseases that have an association with vertigo or issues. So it's good to have the information there so you have the awareness. Next, we look at the peripheral vertigo, and this is the most common type of vertigo, and it's caused by a problem generally in your inner ear. Um, there's a few underlying causes, and of course the symptoms they come with, so we're going to look at them. Um, BPPV. I actually have had two women contact me in the last two weeks saying they were diagnosed with BPPV, so that's benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. Um, and BPPV is a malfunction in your inner ear due to calcium carbonate crystals disrupting the flow of the fluid in your inner ear. The vertigo associated with BPPV is short and intense and recurs often. Along with this, you may experience lightheadedness, which is not the same as vertigo, and we're going to discuss later. Nausea, uh, vomiting, which is not so common, but it can happen. Um, and then uncontrollable eye movement can happen as well with BPPV. Then the next one is going to be 
labyrinthitis, which is a condition characterized by an inflammation in your labyrinth. A maze of fluid-filled canals in your inner ear that play a role in hearing imbalance. So, due to this inflammation, the auditory signals sent to your brain don't match up with the visual signals sent by your eyes. This then induces vertigo. Um, other symptoms that are associated with labyrinthitis are tinnitus. So tinnitus is ringing or buzzing in one or both of your ears. A loss of hearing in the higher frequency ranges. Um, difficulty focusing your eyes. Loss of balance, nausea and vomiting. So that's labyrinthitis. Um, the next association with peripheral issues is Meniere's disease. And this is not too uncommon either because I also had two other women reach out to me recently that had Meniere's disease. So this is not as uncommon as we think. Meniere's disease is believed to be caused by an, a normal amount of fluid in your inner ear. Um, other things that can be associated with the development of Meniere's disease include migraines, viral infections, allergies, um, and I make sure to always ask um, anyone I do a consultation with, do they experience regular migraines or headaches? So I have a clear understanding of what may be going on in the upper body and in the head area. So the vertigo caused by Meniere's disease typically stops and starts spontaneously and it can last anywhere from a few minutes to a few hours. There's other symptoms as well associated with Meniere's like hearing loss and that might come and go. Um, a feeling of pressure on your ear or blocked ears. Tinnitus of course I mentioned um, and if the vertigo is pretty severe you can get nausea and vomiting as well um, and this can last for months. And the next one that I think should be mentioned is vestibular neuritis. Vestibular neuritis is caused by an inflammation in your vestibular nerve. The vestibular nerve has an association with the hypothalamus. So currently I have been hacking or biohacking my vestibular nerve to send a signal to my hypothalamus to lower my body weight set point. So if you listen to the body weight set point podcast I did about two weeks ago, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so um, stimulating the vestibular nerve can affect your body's response to movement and ability to balance. Also, viruses like influenza, herpes, hepatitis and measles can cause inflammation that will affect your vestibular nerve as well. So the... This, the vertigo, and I laugh because the vertigo brought on by vestibular neuritis is the same kind of feeling that I get when I'm biohacking my vestibular nerve and hypothalamus. So I'll be sitting on my bed for like an hour. I'm not moving, but 
I get travel sickness so I feel like I'm moving it's quite a bizarre feeling anyway I digress um, so uh, vestibular neuritis can take up to three or six weeks for the inflammation to settle and the symptoms to subside. Your hearing shouldn't be affected, but nausea and vomiting may occur, especially if you're super sensitive um, to travel sickness, as I am. So... Central vertigo would need to be diagnosed by your medical practitioner or team with an MRI or an evaluation. And there's four dangerous Ds associated with central vertigo that we usually look out for. Um, number one is double vision, also known as diplopia. Number two, difficulty swallowing, which is dysphagia. Three, difficulty moving or walking, which is dysmetria. And four, difficulty speaking, which is dysarthria. Um, and those are all symptoms of a brainstem issue generally. If you have experienced um, a traumatic brain injury recently too, or hurt your neck or had whiplash, you might be at risk for central vertigo issues. Um, this would be something I'd monitor and this can also be associated with that third form of vertigo that I mentioned above, which is known as cervical vertigo. So this is an association with neck issues. Um, there are some medications you can take too for central vertigo, the most common being meclizine. But if you work with a functional health or holistic practitioner, you could look at some natural alternatives, which is, of course, where I would come in. I would look at um, natural and see if we could just go with that or use some stuff along with some conventional medicines as well. With peripheral vertigo, we're looking for ear issues like ringing in the ears and dizziness with certain head moves. Your doctor should do an in-air test, including a test called Dick's Hallpike Test. I know, it's a strange name. A, a positive test there would confirm that you have peripheral vertigo issues. Um, there have also been... And listen to me when I say this, because this may be you. There have also been associations with poor upper back strength and posture for peripheral vertigo. So um, if you sit at a desk all day and you slouch over or you don't have good posture or you have weak traps or delts or even if your pectorals are too tight, so those chest muscles, this can affect blood flow to the head. So it's something to be aware of. Um, and of course, stress will play a part here too as it induces tension and poor blood flow flow so we get that tension around our delts our traps around our neck and then um, blood flow gets <sighs> slowed down because we've got that inflammation going on so the blood doesn't flow directly into our brain um, and also something people wouldn't even think of um, insulin resistance Insulin resistance can play a part in vertigo, so it's wise to watch sugar and insulin spikes. 
While we're here as well, it's only appropriate to mention lightheadedness. I have a dear client and I like to call her a friend who's been having issues with some lightheadedness lately. So I've hopefully helped her address that. Um, and lightheadedness, it's not vertigo, so it's separate. So lightheadedness is that feeling of wooziness, or you're going to fall down or pass out out and this is usually associated with a cardiovascular issue maybe blood pressure or stress related um, in this case we would look at maybe blood thinners natural of course if we can and anti-inflammatories avoiding inflammatory foods of course um, with some stress management that would be super important and then we would look at sleep quality as well also, something that has been shown to be effective for lightheadedness and vertigo is essential oils, believe it or not. You probably believe it. When inhaled or applied to your body, the scents of essential oils and their unique compounds can induce a soothing effect that can help alleviate vertigo and lightheadedness. So that's super cool. And some of the oils then you would be looking at for that, and you can mix and match or you can just use one, would be basil, lavender, peppermint, rosemary, tangerine. I really like to use eucalyptus I use that a lot um, then ginger rose and sage and then ginger while we're there some a nice ginger supplement even a ginger tea can be very effective too for that um, and then for the likes of managing Meniere's disease or even vertigo brought on by multiple sclerosis. You might look at vestibular rehabilitation, maybe some meditation and yoga, finding a quiet spot that you can focus on just one object until the vertigo passes. Um, but there you go. So quite information dense. I tried to keep it short. I hope you found that helpful. I really do. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to me on Facebook or you can email me through my website, that's Shemaine's Model Health. And please, please share with anybody that you feel may benefit from the information here because this is more common than we um, have been led to believe. So every little bit helps. All the information adds up and all the information can be implemented. So enjoy the rest of your week, everybody, and get some sunshine and we will chat next week. Bye.